So you have a judgment against a person or a company through the court, and now you need to collect on it. You may have known this before you filed your court case, or maybe you found out afterwards that having a judgment is only the first step in recovering your payment to you that's due by the judgment debtor, by the defendant in the case. And we're going to walk you through what the process is of locating assets, seizing assets, and recovering assets for a judgment debt. And we'll follow along. There's an excellent article in Business News Daily that kind of goes through this from a third-party standpoint. So it's conveniently called how to collect on a judgment. As it says here, when suing a debtor, having a judgment in your favor is only part of the battle. There are several steps you may have to take. Once a judgment is issued, the debtor must either file an appeal or pay you. And that's important to know. Most states and jurisdictions have a provision where the debtor, the loser in a lawsuit, can appeal that judgment and they have a certain period of time, 30, 60 days. So you really don't want to start seizing assets until then, but you can start looking for assets. And here's the reason why that might be helpful. If you find that from the time of the judgment afterwards, the defendant is improperly converting assets or hiding assets, that may work to your favor in the future. Remember, we're not attorneys. We're not giving you legal advice. You might want to get good legal advice from a qualified attorney, but from an investigative standpoint, we can tell you what we've seen in many of these cases and what we do for attorneys. Most of our cases are for attorneys, right? So following a court order, a court judgment, the debtors must file a financial disclosure report listing their assets. So if your jurisdiction allows a financial disclosure or the debtor has to come for what's called a debtor's examination, be sure and take advantage of that. It may not happen automatically. You might have to make a filing to do that. You want to get either their financial disclosure or debtor's examination. You want to put them on record to tell you what they're claiming their assets are. May not be true. They might lie. But even if they are, you want to have it documented what they're saying under the penalty of perjury. Because if you find something later that wasn't part of that financial disclosure or debtor's examination, you may have some additional rights coming to you. So get that done. Right? Then, it doesn't say that here, but you want to run an asset search, maybe at the same time. And we'll talk about what you're going to be looking for. Because after you have the list from their financial disclosure and from your asset search, because the results might be different, their financial disclosure might have conveniently left some things out, then you're going to do a lien, seize assets, or collecting on your judgment. Okay? Now, this particular article is mostly geared towards business owners, but a lot of this also applies to individuals, right? The judgment that the court issues might seem final and binding. In reality, the debtor must pay you, but the courts have little authority to compel payment. The court can't put a gun to their head and say, give us the money. There's some things the court can do once you've discovered assets to seize them. Those are normally called garnishment orders or writ of garnishment. So if you find a bank account with money in it, you can get the court to give you a writ of garnishment 
against that asset, which is going to be important because the bank by itself is not going to magically just give you money just because you walked in the door. You're going to have to have the court sign off on your asset search to collect those assets, whether it's a bank account or other things. Once a judgment is issued, the winner becomes the judgment creditor. And sometimes it's not immediate because the debtor has 30 days or to file an appeal. If an appeal is not filed, the debtors are legally obligated to pay you. The enforcement is up to you. And here's the types of assets we're talking about. Cash, checking and savings accounts, investment accounts, business ownership, trust and inheritance, safes, vaults, and storage spaces. Keep that in mind. Secure storage spaces. A lot of times people will put things in self-storage to try to hide it. There's ways to get to that. Real estate, personal property, vehicles, jewelry, ATVs, boats. Property transfers may indicate fraud. It's called a fraudulent conveyance. It's a legal term. Again, get good legal advice if you're going to rely on any of this. So let's say somebody had any kind of asset, a boat, a car, real estate, and they transferred it to somebody else during your lawsuit or right after your lawsuit for below market value, below fair value. That's called a fraudulent conveyance. It means they're trying to hide assets because whatever money they received is now an exchange of an asset of tangible goods to cash. You can collect the cash. But if they said, well, this $100,000 car I sold for five grand, they're trying to hide the other 95 from you. So it's called a fraudulent conveyance and you can take action against those. There are some severe penalties. If a debtor doesn't appear for an examination, the judge may issue an arrest warrant. Probably won't do that. They may get a contempt of court order. They may get sanctioned. They're probably not gonna throw them in jail. But if you find that they didn't show up or if they lied on your examination, you can get an order from the court to maybe get you reimbursement of the fees and costs you have to pay to find it out on your own. Investigative fees, legal fees. Sometimes you can compel them to give more information than they would have had to come forth with at a debtor's examination. Sometimes the debtor's examination is just verbal and they have to sign some paperwork. If they don't show up or if they lie, now you can force them to give tax returns or loan documents to kind of help you fill in the blanks. Some debtors may still resist payment. You think? A lot of debtors are gonna resist payment. In that case, you may be able to seize assets. Garnishing wages, that sounds like a good idea, but wages are a small amount every week and you have to garnish it every week and wait. But you can take cash and assets from a business. Well, a lot of times these assets don't have to be worth a lot to you. They could be worth a lot to somebody else like their website, their email, their phone number. Even though you're not gonna make millions off their website or email or phone number, a debtor faced with losing those might come up with some cash so they can stay in business. Real estate and vehicles, you can seize. How long does it take to enforce the judgment? Well, te technically you can enforce it immediately. If you find a bank account the next week, you can garnish that bank account immediately. You'll see on our website options for doing a bank account search or other asset search. Now, there may be a statute of limitations on how long you have to collect this asset. Five years, 10 years, 20 years. 
in most cases, you can also extend that. If it gets towards the end, you can renew it. Make sure you get good legal advice on that. If the judgment debtor still refuses to pay, certain authorities may move forward enforcement. It might be a real estate lien enforced by the clerk of court or by the recorder's office. It might be the Department of Motor Vehicles putting a lien on a vehicle. It might be the banking system putting a recovery of their bank accounts. Only law enforcement authorities can seize cash and money stored in bank accounts, sort of. Not necessarily law enforcement. If you have a valid judgment debt and you get a writ of garnishment signed by a judge, you or your attorney can present that to the bank to have them just give you the money. They won't give you the money just based on your judgment because the bank doesn't know if the judgment is still open. Right. So if you had a judgment against somebody for, let's say, fifty thousand dollars and you already collected forty thousand, you can't go into the bank with your judgment of 50 and get another 50. So you have to remember the bank is going to need some more documentation from the court to tell them, yes, it's OK to give you the money. Plus, it might be a different person. If the person's name is Joe Schmo, their Joe Schmo might be different than your debtor. So the court's going to have to just put their blessing on your judgment using a writ of garnishment. Personal assets might be more complicated. If you're going after a debtor's personal property, they might have equity. But it might be tough to collect a vehicle that has a loan on it or foreclose on a house that has a mortgage on it. But you can put a lien and make it difficult for them to sell it or trade it or do anything else. You might have to renew it, like we talked about, if it's going to expire. And if it is satisfied, you want to have that done through the court. However, sometimes a judgment debtor will try to put through a satisfaction without your knowledge. Keep an eye on the court to make sure that's not done without your sign off. Talks here about hiring a collection agency. Keep in mind, collection agencies may be a method to use. However, typically a collection agency just calls somebody to bug them to make them pay voluntarily. Most collection agencies don't actually do asset searches, asset recovery, seizure of assets they just call you and bug you until you voluntarily pay because most collection agencies work on contingency meaning that you don't have to pay them until they collect anything so they're not going to come out of pocket a lot of extra effort they're not going to spend a lot of money doing this they're just going to do easy stuff and dial the phone over and over it doesn't cost them anything they keep calling somebody so be aware if you're going to hire a collection agency what they're going to be obligated to do and what you're giving away. If you give away a third of your judgment to a collection agency, that might be permanent. If later on you decide to hire a professional judgment collector or a judgment recovery firm or an investigative firm that you have to pay money to, that collection agency still might be eligible to keep part of anything you get. So make sure you understand the difference between collection and recovery. Collection is just begging them on the phone to pay. Recovery is finding assets and seizing them. One is active, one is passive. So if you want more information about asset searches, judgment debts, and collecting on a judgment, you can reach our website, activeintel.com. It's got a whole section on asset searching, and we'd be glad to help.